If you love what we do, then please consider supporting Cryptfail on Patreon. Your support helps us grow and to create more content more often. And now, on with the show. is 1915, and the world is at war. Middle Europa was an empire already pulling itself to pieces, long before they made their grab for power that started it all. Eight states held tenuously together by their Kaiser, who seeks to return his nation to its former glory. The Western nations took notice. Led by the Kingdom of Lions, they opposed Middle Europa and their allies, leading to the Great War. Millions have met their deaths in the endless tide of mud and blood and bullets and toxic gas, but the war that chewed them up and spat out their bones shows no sign of slowing down. In the midst of this obvious devastation, a more subtle threat has also emerged. Slivers of creeping dread needle those with the ability to notice them. The world that is at war is changing in ways it shouldn't. Ways it shouldn't be able to. Events are undone, overwritten, continuity is warping, and if nothing is done, reality itself could be at risk. As the struggle for power overlaps with the struggle to preserve reality, loyalty and duty may be called into question, pitted against serving the greater good, or even just surviving. This is the world of Carbon Grey. Werner will be spending the time in hiding, watching the building and trying to look for any weak spots anywhere that looks like we might be able to get in, anywhere that might be able to get in that's more undetected because he has very big reservations about going through the front door where all the guards are. He's having trouble picturing that as a viable entranceway. Issa spends her time playing with what looks like a disc on a string, spinning it around and staring at it. And Werner turns to Peter. And he says, It appears earlier that you did not know that you had the map. 
I find that difficult to believe, but I also sense no dishonesty in you. was really weird, but I thought I might have just forgotten. I see. I am not very comfortable having you on this mission. And he looks at Issa. Why? Your short stature, as much as you have assured me that you are not a child. Coraline Issa. I think you will find that she is more capable than you would expect from someone of her stature. If you refused a mission given to you by your superiors, Corporal, you would be in trouble, would you not? It is the same for me. Yeah. Then that is why I am here, but... And that is why I am here. What is it that you... actually do? That depends entirely on what needs to be done. Fix things, mainly, or try. And he looks at the chateau. Is this broken? As far as I can tell, the building itself is as it should be. What is it that you're going to do? I need to speak with one of the children. That is my mission. Why is this child important? That is to be determined. Why? I do not yet know. There are multiple possibilities. He may have potential, or perhaps he is not supposed to be. Not supposed to be here? Anywhere. And he looks at Xander. If I ask you what it is that you do, will you be as equally unhelpful as the Fräulein? No, I will be straightforward. I can shoot people with this. He pulls out his uh, pistol. Oh, you were the soldier. Xander, I could also shoot people if I had a gun. That is hardly remarkable. You don't have a gun. No. So you can't shoot people, meaning I have a skill you don't. It means you have an object I do not. 
Pulling a trigger, does it require a lot of skill? I suspect the aiming would be the skill. If you are close enough, I don't imagine it would take much skill to shoot someone. You would be surprised. The aiming is quite the skill requirement. What exactly is it the Order does see in you, Xander? I am unclear. The Order has given in to my continuous uh, requests to... Persistence is your skill yes. then. Perhaps. I see. As for what it is I do until we find the children, I will point out things that you have forgotten, like the map. And which child is it? The one from Call. Well, that is something at least. Apis mellifera, European honeybee, lost and confused as the night settles in. Shadows draw long over the cobbled stone streets. The lanterns along the cobblestone streets of Gilfersk. Uh, uh, brightly lit as the European honeybee scrambles around, lost and confused on the cobblestone on the cobblestones it finds a flower growing off to one side of the street that moves slowly up the stem of the flower to underneath sensing a change in the weather as the air becomes cooler from the north the winds change swift direction it stops still the air at night becomes dead quiet and from the north comes a cool wind bringing dark clouds and from the north the sounds of booming and flashes of light and it's not long before the stars at night uh, soon covered by rolling clouds and then the brain comes cold and hard the guards at the chateau immediately withdraw to the uh, inside the chateau um, and reappearing um, perhaps at a change of of the guard now wearing trench coats 
uh, but parts of the chateau are barely visible um, through uh, the heavy rain. Uh, every part of you is actually quite drenched. Uh, the trees above you, you know, to some extent, do offer relief against the, the pouring down rain as uh, thunder cracks around you, lighting up the area, providing brief glimpses of where the guards are. But other than that, you don't really see the guards themselves, but rather the flashlights that they um, carry. You notice from the flow of water... Um, and actually, at uh, one point, you've gone off around, you know, through the thicket of trees and discovered a small culvert next to the fence on the southern side. There is one option, but you probably will not like it. Can any of you pick a lock? I don't know. Well, like, I can try. I can also give it a shot. You were saying? We have two options. One. If that door down there can be picked, we could gain entrance into the building through there. Or? Zwei. There is a small entranceway, big enough for someone of small stature, who would have to, however, crawl through uh, the mud, and they would then find themselves in the more inner area and could possibly unlock that door from the inside. If that is required, I can certainly make an attempt. Do you two feel confident of attempting entryway through the door? I think we could probably pick it. That is definitely possible. The challenge is not getting spotted by anyone. Then let us move. Alright, Isa will follow. And Verna will start heading down. And it, it, it's muddy and there's there's roots that have been exposed from the shelling and the burning that has happened previously. So it's it's not as easy going as he would have liked. But eventually Isa is following and near uh Isa is following and does slip on the mud after not placing her feet particularly carefully and falls in a large puddle. However, the sound is not loud enough to alert anyone considering it is pouring rain and you can't actually hear it. So she gets up covered in mud and continues sort of miserably along. Peter times his movements with the thunder. 
not missing a beat or a step, I guess. And makes it to the gate relatively fast. And Xander's kind of crouching as he, he walks, keeping low to the ground. Uh, his cape is kind of dragging across the now muddy uh, ground from the rain. And uh, he also makes it to the fence. Okay, so everyone's piled in almost shoulder to shoulder in the culvert. And water is up, almost up to your knees. <laughs> so it's what, up to my waist or something? So it's up, up to your waist, yeah. <laughs> and Verna will look to Peter. And lean in close to him. You said earlier you had a plan for the fence. I said I could give it a try. And Peter will take a look at the... Where did the small one go? I've been dealing with this fence. I thought she was your charge. Damn it. All right. <laughs> and he is going to look and see if he can find the, the grate she went in or wherever she might have gone. Oh, the grate's off of the pipe. So considering... Werner had made mention of a pipe that somebody could fit through. I assume if he saw that, he would probably think that, that is the one. In the pipe, there's nothing but darkness. She's just going to continue. Even onwards. the lightning doesn't penetrate. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> you wouldn't want it to. And you're in the pipe and everything sounds really hollow and echoey. And all you hear is the sound of rushing water. It's enough for you to crawl on your hands and knees through this pipe. Um, and it's probably about halfway up your arm, the water that's rushing through. Doesn't really bother her since the rain and falling down has ensured that every single thing she is wearing is already completely soaked in water and mud. So, Sandra's found the pipe and is kind of looking into it. Well, Peter will try to lift it. And Peter is able to lift the fence up, and it is quite rigid, um, but you're able to lift it up. Probably enough for one person to slide underneath. Werner lays on the ground and pulls himself through the through the gap that's been made by Peter. When he's on the far side, he comes to a crouch and then turns around and grabs hold of the the wire to help hold it in place for whoever's coming next. Peter will crouch down, crawl under it, and hold it up for Xander then. Uh, Xander will kind of uh, stumble through a little bit, uh, catch himself on the, the edge of the fence, and uh, make it through without any further issues. He will then start 
do like a dash from the fence up against the wall of the fence. Or sorry, of the house. And press his back against it. And he's keeping an ear out for uh, any guards that might be listening or around. Peter is going to give it a minute to see if he can semi-time the lightning. It's not that easy, but at least get some, like, a pattern. And in between that, he will bolt for the uh, house. And then lean against the wall. Or a chateau. That was my idea for, like, an aggressive thing, just running across. Once everyone's through, he's just going to turn around, make sure there's no guards on that side, like, between here to the door. And then he's going to hurry across to the side of the, the building next to the door. He's not getting in front of the door because he can't pick the lock. Issa's hope was that she'd get to the inside of the door by the time they'd figured out how to get through the fence. <laughs> After a small while, Issa can see the light at the end of the tunnel. She's dead. Okay. <laughs> Coming from above, there's a a point where there's water that's rushing down into the tunnel um, from the side uh, suspect could be from uh, drain pipes from the roof. You have to force your way through that. It's quite torrential. Passing that, the water sort of like uh, built up and almost soupy, and you get to a point where it sort of opens up a little bit, and uh, above you uh, is a small hole. And she will attempt to pull herself through it. And you lift yourself up into a small room uh, with a singular door. And it's not as far as a chateau's concerned, you would um, expect, you might think, imagine a chandelier or something, but no, it's quite ordinary. There's just a, um, a lantern that's on the, the wall that is lit with a candle that's quite low. Um, and the door is currently closed with a, a long-handled latch, and it curls around. So the handle itself is quite fancy in the door. And the walls are all painted white, nicely, freshly painted, but uh, relatively a, a very plain, unadorned room. Is there a towel or a sheet or anything in this room anywhere? Yes. Great, yes. she's going to grab one, drape it over her shoulders, and open the door. It reveals a dimly uh, lit corridor that leads into almost um, uh, an amphitheater-style room off to the left. Um, okay. And uh, down to the right leads off to uh, what looks to be um, uh, a couple of rooms with doors closed. The amphitheater area has some cushions and some uh, columns that span... Uh, up above where you can see um, but it's sort of an open area that leads uh, you can see from your current position that up above it there's uh, like an inside uh, balcony area that overlooks that and you can see there's a couple of doors up there as well the start of a spiral sort of staircase that goes up does she know which way she'd need to go in order to get to the door you're sort of a bit confused, so make a roll. 
Okay. That the amphitheater uh, that you can see, well, it's not really an amphitheater, but it's an amphitheater style room, that it's, it would be that way to the left where you are. The amphitheater to the right would lead to the front main doors. You could sit, think of this as being the main area of the house. And you can hear the sounds of movement coming from down there as well. Uh, from the left, you can hear the sounds of footsteps. They're not, it's not like, it's the sound of um, uh, clunking boots on a wooden floor, but it doesn't sound like the sounds made going up, but rather the sounds made coming down. So the, the footsteps are more heavy. Uh, then she's going to... Great, she's going to duck beside the bookcase and try and be unnoticed. Four men uh, wearing uniforms. Uh, they're all muttering to each other. One of them laughs as they come down the spiral staircase, uh, make their way to one of the other rooms at the front of the house. They walk through an open doorway where you can hear the sounds of other chatter. Once they are in the other room, she's going to try and quickly but quietly continue left looking for the outside door. And it is quite easy to find the outside door. Excellent. And there is a Once key hanging oh. up. Hanging up. On a hook. On a hook. Next to the rear door. She will take the key, unlock the door, and open it slightly, looking out. Just slightly. Diana's revolver comes from its holster as he aims at the door. Then open the door slightly wider and say, What did you do? Oh, there you are. I uh, cut my hand trying to open the door. Well, that was silly of you. And she will open the door wider and look to see if the other two are there. Which they are. And she will step back inside, leaving the door open. Then we'll wait for the other two to enter and then go in behind them. Peter will follow Xander. I assume he goes in first. He does, yeah. He kind of shakes... Uh off the water that had kind of pooled in his cloak. Do be quiet. There is a room full of people nearby talking. And your hand is still bleeding. Isa has just noticed on the left there are stairs that go down. It's what appears to be maybe a basement below. Um, and directly opposite, through the amphitheater area, as the you can see the spiral staircase that spirals up to the next level. Hey, Doc, you think you could have a look at this? It's worse than I thought. Yes, I was about to ask to look at. Perhaps we should move somewhere other than the hallway before you do so? Is there a, a side room or something? I don't know. Well, not too far, because the blood might drip onto the floor. It already has a bit. 
Isa will sigh, take the towel around that from around her shoulders that she was using to slightly soak up water, and hand it to him so he can stop blood dripping. I have a bandage. I don't think it's a good idea to put that on my wounds. I didn't say put it on your wound. It can catch the blood. Can we please move on? Yes, yes. After you. And she's just going to try and find an empty room or something so they can do surgery anywhere other than the hallway that people are going to walk through again. On the left, there's stairs that are going down. On the right, there's sort of this um, uh, door that looks like it swings open and closed quite freely. Doesn't even have a handle on it. Anywhere that looks like it could be quiet and out of the way, she's going to go investigate. So maybe downstairs. All right. You head downstairs. Uh, downstairs is actually uh, dark. The uh, The only place that's sort of um, well lit is the front of the house um, on the other side of where the room of the amphitheater. Down the left, as you go down the stairs, the light sort of fades into a dimness and you can hear the, the sounds of uh, uh, scuffling or something echoing through um, and up the, the stairs. You hear the creaking of a, a chair, um, but it's dark. Already down here. Was it Xander? <sighs> no. And the stairs, you get you, uh, it goes down and then it banks around to the left and then goes down again. So obviously the, the, the cellar down here is well underneath the house. Um, but it is uh, almost pitch black down here. Does anyone have a match? With, you're finding your way using the wall and just slowly stepping down. Issa's not continuing. She's stopped because she doesn't know what's up. And whoever's next in line bumps into you. Unless they Xander. There's not a lot of light. It will be hard to catch me up. Probably stay by the door. Fine. You do realize there's someone down here, yes? What? You heard someone? Yes. Either will take out his gun. Anyone have a match or something? I have some candles. Not really worth much without a match, Xander. And matches. Not dumb. Well, then your answer to my question would have been yes. And he hands out some candles. It would appear I didn't account for the rain. Well, whoever's down here already knows we are. They don't know that we don't belong. Well, now you've said that. Right. I, I said it in a whisper, so maybe they didn't hear. If we're close enough to hear them sniff, they're close enough to hear us whisper. Uh, hello? Hello? And you hear the sounds of um, a muffled voice, particularly female. Uh, Issa's going to leave the wall with her hands out in front of her, head for the sound. Issa disappears into the darkness. You're sort of walking towards the, the muffled sounds and the you can hear the creaking of a wooden chair. Mm-hmm. Footsteps squish 
towards the noise, you bump into someone who appears to be sitting in a chair in the middle of a in the middle of this basement. With the ability to use context clues, uh, Ace is going to assume this person is tied to the chair and is going uh, to try The and... hands of this person are t like her, the arms are around the back of the chair. Yeah, she's going to see if she can untie these knots, and if not, she'll have to think of something else. And she's going to work on untying the ropes and presumably whatever is across this person's mouth, considering their voice was muffled. Whatever was around her mouth is a big, uh, you know, thick piece of cloth, and it's. But um, she says, "Thank you. Uh, you are here to help me. No, I don't. No, who are you?" And so my name is Greta. Oh, we were supposed to meet you, I believe. Uh, the children. Haven't found them yet. We only just got in. We must hurry. Uh, they will probably be back soon. Uh, before we do anything, we do apparently need to find some light so that the doctor can do something about the bleeding hand of the... Well, whatever he is. Xander, what are you? Again? doesn't really matter what I am. I have a bleeding hand. I'm an injured patient. I am sorry for your friend, but we must go. Why, Why has the resistance sent a, a, a child? You sound no more older than... You sound no more older uh, than ten. I am here for a reason, as are you, I suspect. If we need to hurry, then I suppose we had best hurry. And she has her hand on your shoulder. You can hear her struggling to walk. Then Issa will attempt to support her in whatever way she can. Yeah. They have been torturing me for two days. When were you caught? I believe we were only supposed to meet you today. Unless I was sent uh, two days ago to make contact with the uh, uh, children and to try and repatriate them um, um, uh, myself. Ah. The guards. Uh, they did capture me. All right, well, Issa's making her way back to wherever the other people are, if she can... Well, I'm assuming she... on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then she will bring Greta back to the stairs. I don't know if I found a suitable spot for surgery, but I did find the missing resistance. Uh, Amber? Oh, that is something, at least. She says we need to hurry. Because they will be back soon. You 
are not the only one who can see it, and it is not unexpected if strange things are happening. There was a boy. He managed to escape, but uh, they did not know how to, how he did escape. Um, Do you and know then, what his name is or where he went? Oh, this boy, he does not speak our language. I need to find him. This is shimmering, is it? No, it's not the house. Not the house. It's the walls. Not exactly that either. That hardly matters at this point. Do you know where he went? He was recaptured. So he's with the others? Yes. We need to go find them. Um, uh, yeah, we need, uh, we need to find all of the children. Yes, but also specifically one, because if we don't find him and things continue in the vein they are going, it really may not matter if we find anyone. And just as you said that, a crack of lightning booms over the house and the whole house shakes and... Look, the walls. It's happening again. And... Uh, if he is the cause of this, we need to find him quickly or things will not remain even as stable as they are for very long. I do not understand. Reality is shifting if it doesn't stop. Well, there are any number of things that could happen, but none of them particularly good. Do you each have weapons? Uh, there are a number of guards. I don't. Who are these guards? They are in the local enclave of the Lord. I see. They are tied to the military. I do have a weapon if it comes to that, but prefer if it didn't. You have a weapon, don't you, Doctor? I do, but I still think it's better to be quieter. Well then, four out of six? Or five if you've got one, but I don't imagine you do. They disarmed me when they captured me. As I said, they have been torturing me for the last two days. Are you able to assist with finding the children, or should you find somewhere to wait? They are upstairs. My question was more in regards to your own health than the exact location of children. Are you coming along or not? I am fit enough to come along. 
Then shall we? Yeah. All right. Ace is waiting for somebody with a weapon to go first. As you turn around, as the scout turns around, you hear some what is this from uh, around the corridor as they see something that alerts them to their attention and probably a bunch of blood two guards rush past from what appears to be outside because they're drenched and they're tracking in um, uh, water and they rush past the entranceway to the stairs leading down to the basement and one stops and turns looking you dead in the face I will try to thump him Verna sees the guys come around the corner and he steps forward quickly raising his pistol the guy raises his hand and hits the pistol um, up against the wall which while stopping Verna now shooting him he does step in quickly and punches him hard in the stomach and knocks the breath out of him and he lets out a, a big oof and leans forward and Verna pushes him back. And the guard stumbles back against the wall on the opposite side of the hallway. And she is alerted to all this going on by it going on, but doesn't and other than that, she can't really do much, so she's just going to wait, I guess, and observe. You hear from the guard that had just rushed past, intruders in the building. And the one that is stunned, Xander's going to... Uh, draw his knife and attempt to stab. Xander uh, runs up the stairs and he's aiming to get him, like, get the knife just under his chin and finish him quickly. Uh, but he he misses and he takes an extra step forward and the knife goes into the guard's shoulder uh, and it kind of pins him to the wall a bit or pushes him against the wall uh, but the guard cries out uh, and alerts more people if they're not already alerted. And he falls to the ground. And he will move up the stairs and try to find cover. You move up the stairs, uh, past the others, and can see uh, uh, a bookcase that's sort of off off the side at the... Um, towards where uh, the amphitheatre is. Uh, he will take cover behind the bookshelf. 
as you reach the top of the stairs and take cover behind the bookshelf, you notice um, uh, a guard that's actually darted around on the other side of the bookshelf. And from the double doors that are open and the rain's pouring outside through the um, outside past through the amphitheater, um, you can see uh, three guards rushing inside with rifles at their hips and you can hear a commotion off around to the left. Andrew's going to finish him off. He's going to plunge his dagger straight down into uh, the guy if he can roll well. Unless you roll a one. With a one! Yay! Okay, you stab him again. (laughs) Gain a hero point, and it's partial damage again because he's fighting back. Uh, So Xander brings the knife down, trying to uh, stab the uh, the soldier, soldier guard, the guard on the ground, um, and he brings the knife down. The guard brings up his arms uh, and kind of tries to protect his face and chest. And Xander, uh, the knife is caught between his arms. He brings it back, brings it back down. Keeps trying to hit something vital, but can't quite seem to uh, get any purchase. Uh, he's cutting up the arms of the guard pretty well, but the knife isn't hitting the torso. Or head. Okay, so the guard is fully engaged with Xander. Okay, so he, he moves up to the edge of the, like the top of the stairs, using the side as a little bit of cover. And he has a quick look for the guard that he knew was there that was yelling doesn't see him but does see the three charging through the door realizing this is not now a good situation he brings his pistol up in the confined space of the the hallway and that that they're in which he sees a small uh puff of water from the as they're wet from the rain and the guard just drops he doesn't yell out or scream or thrash he just as if the life has consciousness has just left him. Uh, he still seems to be alive, but he just falls flat on his face. Verna then uses as much cover of the edge of the stairs as he can. Having seen their comrade drop to the floor, the two guards that rush in pause for a moment as they the weapons raise towards the group ripping pieces of wood off and showering verna with splinters um the knife embeds itself just underneath your your armpit you are wounded you need to make a successful strength roll, strength stamina of a target number of 15, or you fall prone. Okay, so 
um, any basic actions you take in the future, you have negative 1d to your roll. So a okay. gunshot wound, though, that would have incapacitated you. Okay. Well, I'm uh, going to be proud. It's not possible I... for me not to be. Okay. Well, you, uh, the guy that threw the knife is around the other side of the bookcase. So to be able to shoot him, you would have to break cover. And... Put yourself in the way of two others coming down through the amphitheater. I he will do that. Okay, so that will give you an a point blank shot, which will be a target number of five. Only need to beat five. It's 13. That's a hit. Peter hears uh, Xander fall to the ground as he gets stabbed. And he swings out. And he shoots him. I would say in the chest, but that would probably kill him. Actually, it could be on the opposite side. It goes through his chest. He slumps to the ground. As the bullet goes through him, it whizzes by, hits uh, like further down the hall, in the floor, splinters fly up. You said you know where the children are upstairs. Are there guards there as well? Nine. All right. They are behind uh, the locked door. But no guards? Uh, no guards. All right. The dogs will quickly pick up the scent. Isa's going to uh, basically just try and make a run for the stairs to go up. All right. That is your move. Okay. Well, I guess she's following, uh, uh, which has surprised the guards. Uh, new initiative, new round. <laughs> you will lean around and see if the last guy is visible. There's two guys that are visible. Isa and Greta, who have jumped out and they're running down the hallway, so they're partially blocking your view to shoot. And you also have a uh, Sawbones in the hallway who's just shot the guy around the, the bookshelf. So you now have three friendlies in the hallway and the fourth <laughs> on top of another one who was fighting but Xander's taken a, um, a a knife to the side of his um, chest. Is there any of them that I can clearly see? Well, you can clearly see the two that are coming down the um, the thing. They'll be within point-blank range. All right, a shot into one of them. So, in this case, I'll... Do the double damage because it's already an exceptional one, and I will give a hero point to Emily. Hooray! So he leans out quickly, sees the guys running down, the revolver crashes as it fires, and he sees the round uh, puncture through the guy's neck, and he stops running and puts a hand up 
as blood's running freely and he takes a couple of steps backwards before slumping down and being seems to be very focused and losing consciousness on uh, trying to stay alive. The last guard that was running forward, as almost as Isa, his gun raises up and is pointing at Isa's head and... Isa is covered in a shower of black powder and fire as the bullet whips past her, burning her right ear. And the bullet slides through the the neck of Greta. Her legs literally collapse out underneath her and she slumps to the floor behind Isa. Xander is laying on top of this one guy who he's been locked in a constant struggle with, and he's just taken a knife wound, and he's feeling like he's about to pass out. But before he does, he pulls his pistol out from beneath his cloak, holds it point-blank to the guy underneath him, and pulls the trigger. So Xander can't quite bring the gun up to a vital organ. He's feeling weak. His arms aren't working properly based on where the knife wound is. But he still manages to pull out the gun and fire it directly point blank into the hip of the enemy on the ground. Peter tries to get a good shot on an organ, but he just can't. And as he's about to fire, he shakes a little bit, moving it slightly to the left, hitting him in the chest, and he goes down. Not dead, but goes down to the ground. Isa did notice Greta fall, but unfortunately does not feel she can do anything to help her, not knowing that she is dead anyway. Uh, so, she's going to continue trying to make it upstairs. And with her ears ringing, she will keep running. And as Issa bolts up the stairs, she's just about to yell out something, and then lightning strikes out so close to the building, the whole building shakes. Bits of dust fall down off the ceiling. Light flashes throughout the whole building and then everything sort of goes dark. Okay, yeah, she's going to keep going because this seems a little more pressing than the machine gun guys actually to her. So Yeah, well, everything's really dark downstairs and upstairs. The Carbon Grey role-playing game is published by Magnetic Press, starring SPG as Peter, Shadow 
as Xander, Ghost as Werner, Emily as Isa, and Raven Insane as the storyteller. Sounds and music are from Sirenscape and Epidemic Sound. Thanks very much for listening. And then there's combat modifiers. Are you undercover? Are you, um, you know, suffered by huge winds? Um, Are you suffered by huge winds? What does that mean? I let it go. I let it go (laughs) because cook me a kitchen. (laughs)